How's everybody doing? Hoping you're having a fantastic day. So today I want to do a very, very quick stream. Uh, this one is going to be uh, very short because I just ran across uh, something interesting that I remembered that I wanted to uh, mention sometime. And I figured this would be a good place of doing it uh, because, as you know, there's this sort of common, uh, I guess it's a common myth going around or this sort of common idea uh, that has arisen uh, thanks to some uh, some interesting figures who are putting forth some interesting ideas uh, when it comes to St. Thomas's relation to Eastern Orthodoxy. The sort of narrative is that St. Thomas, uh, in his theological writings, he's not as harsh as other doctors are during his era. Therefore, St. Thomas actually didn't really have as harsh of a view of the um, the Eastern Orthodox as uh, we do today. And, and they use it to somehow um, lessen the, the differences between Eastern Orthodoxy and uh, Roman Catholicism. So uh, I, I did a previous video on this, specifically replying to a few clips that Michael Lofton had put together. Uh, but this one, uh, I specifically wanted to go into William of Toko. Uh, William of Toko, if you don't know, I've been doing a series on his work on the life of St. Thomas Aquinas. I guess this is kind of the video that I'm doing this week uh, because I'm a bit pressed on time this week. But William of Toko was one of the earliest biographers of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, he wrote uh, a life of St. Thomas Aquinas, which was used at his canonization, tri uh, canonization trial uh, under John the 22nd. In the 13, I want to say like 1320s, 13, uh, I think it's 1320s that it was done. So it was relatively early after the life of St. Thomas. William of Toko actually knew St. Thomas, spoke with Brother Reginald, spoke with a lot of the people that knew St. Thomas the best, family members, uh, and so on, in order to write an early biography of St. Thomas. And he dedicates a chapter within this biography. Well, he dedicates a very large section of this biography to talking about all of the errors that St. Thomas Aquinas throughout his life refuted. And one of these errors that he brings up is uh, on the refutation of schismatics and of the Greeks. So this one is, this one's a very interesting one. He only dedicates about a, a paragraph to it. So it's uh, not too much length, but he's specifically uh, commenting on the work Contra Erores Corcorum, which if you don't know about Contra Erores Corcorum or against the error of the Greeks or on the Catholic Greek, faith of the Greek fathers, if you want to be a little bit more ecumenical about it. Uh, that's a work. <clears throat> it was written specifically in uh, response to a work called the Libellus de Fide. The Libellus de Fide uh, was a work by Nicholas of Durazzo. And Nicholas of Durazzo was a bishop at the time. <clears throat> he was a, he's a bit of what we could describe of as an ecumenist. Um, but he he uh to put it the night to put it in a uh, no i'm not gonna be nice about this he forged a bunch of texts <laughs> that, that, that's what he did he forged a bunch of texts um it's for really unknown reasons because he really in his forged texts make the eastern fathers sound really bad and this might be to defend some of the contemporary ways of speaking um for the eastern orthodox honestly i don't know why he forged these texts but um, Pope Urban the Fourth, I think it was Pope Urban the Fourth, 
that was uh, that called St. Thomas. Actually, I can check. Yeah, it was Pope Urban IV. Pope Urban IV asks St. Thomas to write a reply to this, uh, to check the, to basically look at the quotes, show how these quotes aren't really contradictory to the Catholic faith, uh, and so on and so forth, and to uh, refute the uh, errant positions of the Eastern Orthodox. So this work was basically St. Thomas showing that the quotes by Nicholas of Durazzo uh, were not against the Catholic faith. And he explains uh, quite well um, what was going on. Uh, but I think personally, this is my personal belief, and I think this is obvious when you look at the context of what was going on. Um, Contrarius Corcorum, St. Thomas knew uh, that the works uh, in the Libellus were, were fake. He knew they were fake. He knew they were forgeries. Why do we know this? Well, we know this because St. Thomas didn't use any of these quotes. Uh, I, at least I hadn't found any of these quotes that he used in the rest of his works when he could have used them very strongly for some positions he put forward or to even uh, put in like a state of the question or, or whatever it may be. So personally, I think St. Thomas knew these quotes were fake and that's why he didn't use them. Um, because he didn't use forged quotes, because he was a very, uh, St. Thomas, uh, in comparison to almost all of his contemporaries, was one of the uh, best patrologists of his day. He was, he was a very learned in the Greek fathers. So when he read these quotes from the Greek fathers, he's like, nah, we don't, we don't have these. <laughs> we don't have these texts on us. And I've never seen them before when I've been reading through these fathers. And actually, this doesn't really uh, go in line with uh, what, what uh, the Greek fathers said. But this work is more so a um, an analysis of uh, the type of language which is used by Greeks and by Latins, which we see in other works of St. Thomas. We see this in um, the Summa. We see it in uh, De Potentia, De Veritate. We see it in um, the, especially Summa Contra Gentiles, actually. He does this at length. Um, differences of language between Greeks and Latins and how... Um, the Latin term uh, St. Thomas would say is is uh, more precise, superior, something like principle versus cause, something like um, persona versus hypostasis. He, he, St. Thomas does think, uh, following Boethius, that these terms uh, are superior. But this whole work, um, Contrarius Cacorum, um, a lot of Eastern Orthodox will use it to be like, look, look, all of the Latins were using forgeries and they were a bunch of idiots. Um, but they've, they've really... Um, haven't looked into the background of what Contra Rosca Quorum was. Um, that's really, really obvious. So um, after that uh, long introduction, I'll finally get to uh, what William of Toko actually said about the work, uh, which is really interesting, which gives us a little bit into the uh, mindset of St. Thomas, because if you look at the uh, end of book two, well, really book two, I guess, in its, its entirety, book two in its entirety is really um, dedicated to uh, book one is dedicated to explaining certain terms that might be troubling. Um, book two is dedicated to refuting the errors of the um, of the of the Greeks. So that's why it's sometimes been called on the Catholic faith of the Greek fathers due to what happens in book one. It's sometimes been called against errors of the Greeks um, due to what happens in uh, book two. So um, when it comes to at least uh, the book two, a part of this. Uh, what St. Thomas, uh, what William of Toko says about St. Thomas, which is going to be quite accurate, because if he was so happy, clappy, um, ecumenist, sort of fuzzy feelings towards um, the Oriental schismatics, uh, towards the Eastern Orthodox, then uh, 
his followers aren't going to uh, just describe him the opposite way. I guess you could say William of Toko was lying, but uh, that's a pretty bad look. So um, this is what William of Toko says. So he says, our doctor also crushed a fourth heresy, namely the ancient heresy of the Greek schismatics. Notice he's writing in the early 14th century. So he's talking about the ancient heresy of the Greek schismatics. At this time, it was regarded as ancient. There isn't this sort of, um, this sort of, uh, I guess you could say, story uh, that some will put before you that the Eastern and Western churches, they were kind of like still playing, uh, playing patty cake up till, uh, up till Florence. And they didn't really regard each other as heretics. No, uh, actually, the Dominicans at the time were very clear um, that they thought that the uh, Oriental schismatics were heretics and had been heretics uh, for a long time. Beyond the other heresies into which the perverse crime of schism had thrown them, notice they think they're in schism, the Greeks also fell into the error of refusing obedience to the Roman pontiff the successor of Blessed Peter and the Vicar of Christ. At the command of the Supreme Pontiff, Pope Urban IV, Thomas issued a special treatise against these heresies, in which he compelled them by the clear truth with recourse to the Greek doctors. Our doctor suppressed not only those errors mentioned above, but also any others that were able to fester, if it happened that he had not yet uh, taught the opposing truths of the faith. For indeed, he was the learned writer, setting forth both the Old and New Truths from the Old and New Testaments. So uh, that's that's that from William of Toko. It is actually uh, St. Thomas, very clearly, and his followers knew this, uh, thought that the Greeks were both heretics and schismatics. Uh, what he thought of the Greeks, uh, not in the Greeks of that sense, um, the Greeks as in the uh, Oriental schismatics. Okay, well, that's all. Uh, give it a like, give it a follow, you know how it is. Uh, and then also, if you um, want that full video uh, that I made uh, commenting on uh, some of the comments that Michael Lofton's guest uh, made, then you can go to patreon.com slash Milton Thomas to get the whole thing, or uh, I also put a substantial portion on uh, YouTube for free. And I think that was like two or three weeks ago. So thank you. God bless and have a fantastic day.